You try telling a child who's just lost a game. And you try telling that child, don't worry, it was just a game. The child doesn't hear you, doesn't, it's not interested. They're upset that they lost it. The truth is, we probably do the same ourselves in one form or another. Sometimes it is a game. Sometimes it's something which we deem as important, but is not necessarily that important. I mean, what actually is a game? What is the point of a game? The point of a game is kind of in and of itself is the thing. It's all self-contained. So the point of the game is the end of that game. There is a posuk written by Dovid. We know it from Baruch this Leviathan, this Leviathan, you created it to play with it. God plays with it. It's a game that God plays. What is this talking about? Now, now we don't have time for a full exposition of what the Leviathan is. Suffice it to say that it is referenced in Shavuos, in the famous Akdomus Piot, where we talk about the final battle between the Leviathan, the king of the sea creatures, and the Shurabor, or the Behemoth, king of the land creatures, and all that entails, and that's diving right into the realm of Kabbalah. But in essence, the Leviathan is used to describe the reward for righteous people in this world. Righteous people like Yosef and David. Yosef, on this night, day 48, Yosoi Sheba Malchus, Yosef the meets David, that's the king of Egypt, essentially, meets the king, David, the forerunner of the Moshiach ben Yosef, which, of course, is the Messianic era, where the Leviathan is said to be given out as a reward, whatever that means, if we're, if we're talking metaphorically, meets the Moshiach ben David, the Tzaddik Gomor, meets the Baal Teshuvah, and both are valid. The, right, the totally righteous one meets the Baal Teshuvah. One is Sur Meirat, the one who turns away from bad, one is the one who's always done good, but we both need them. They are both described as beautiful. Both Yosef and David are two of the only men who are described in Tanakh, one or two others, but two two of the only ones who are described as having a certain beauty. Yosef, it is written about him when Potiphar's wife complains, Hey Lonu, he brought us, you or you have brought us uh, an Ish Ivril Tzachek Bonu to play, to laugh at us. David, well, with David, We've got many references to schoik, to laughter. We have when he's dancing in front of the, the Torah, it's he's masachik with all his might. The Greek games, the ancient Olympic games, began with the phrase, let the games begin. So what's so different? God's playing, we're playing, the Greeks are playing. And the beautiful Greece, who we've said stands against the beauty of Yosef, Yovon, 
without the tzidkas of Yosef, we've already explained that, Antiochus, like, what's, what's, what's going on there? So the Greek games is all about serving self. Look at how strong they are. Look how fast they are. Look at the self. That is the concept of slavery that we'll be talking about from before day one of the 48 Kinyonim. In this, the penultimate day of the final week, is the clolus, is the totality of this week. This is this is mid on number six, Yesoid. It's the Vov. There are interesting enough, this six Bayaz gave Rus six stalks of barley, which needs a lot of a lot of explanation, either referring to six righteous people who would come from her, or six particular middos that you need, Yeras Hashem and all sorts of other things that you need, but six of them, and that vov, as we said, is a vov of connection. Each one of these two, Dovid and Yosef, each one is a goyal, is a redeemer themselves. Yosef, the mashbir, the one who provided the food, this melech of self-control, provided the grain, provided the kemach for everybody. Im ein kemach ein Torah, without flour, there's no Torah, you can't live without the sustenance. The kemach is, of course, memches kuf, Memchas Kinyonim, he is the Goyal of Egypt itself and of the Jewish people in Mitzrayim because of the code of Pokod Yivkod and of the Bnei Yisrael by the Yomsef. David, whose Va'ani Tefillah, his whole essence is that of prayer, but we know that you're meant to have Smichos of Geulah to Tefillah, you're meant to have Geulah, redemption, right next to Tefillah. Incredible this. The final Kinyan, you might wonder what's happening tomorrow. The final Kinyan, day 48, is Ha'omer Dovel B'Shem Omroi. He who says something in someone else's name, because someone who does that brings Geula to the world. As you see from Mordechai and Esther, Esther told the king, Achashverosh, in the name of Mordechai about Big Son of Teresh. If, he, if she hadn't told him, then when the king was lying awake at night and the chroniclers read the story, Mordechai's name would never have been mentioned. And that whole episode and the king's anger and Homon coming to kill Mordechai, all that, none of it would have happened because Mordechai would have been anonymous. She literally brought the Geula, literally brought the redemption. And perhaps this is why it's the final Kenyan, because it brings the Geula. Interestingly, Yosef, that Goyal that we spoke about, when it came to the butler, the butler wouldn't remember to mention him to the king. He wasn't on Omer until much later. Yosef himself, this is incredible, because the ultimate goal, the ultimate routine is, of course, God. Yosef gets to be the real king because he reveals who the goal is, who, who it is. Who does he say? In whose name does he say the dream? In God's name. Bill or die, it's not me, it's only God. As an aside, it's, uh, I once heard, I think I mentioned this around um, earlier in the Omer, that Rabbi Akiva's students not showing um, kovos, not showing respect to each other, some explained that they didn't always quote things in the name of who they heard it. On their refined level, it was called not paying enough respect. And of course, their deaths make the opposite of a gula. Each Kenyan that we've met along the way has been a gilui, a, a, a road on the road is leading to the Gilui. Gilui is number is forty nine, by the way. I just realised tonight of Hashem, where we've essentially reached home, quote unquote, reaching home. Forty eighth day, forty eighth, of course, is Mayach is the brain, which is the the thing which is um, meant to control the heart, which controls the seat of desire. 
That 48 is the full number of the cities of refuge. As we said, there are six free cities of refuge. Notice the six again, but another 48 Levite cities. Levi, Levi, Leviosum. Interesting. Connection. Vov. Home is you get those 48 cities. We, we um, cannot be caught by the Redeemer of the blood, the Goyal Adon, the Avenger, if we're inside one of those cities that protect us. 48 is also the number of Nevi'im who do the same job. It was their, their, their mission to teach us, to, that, to, to give us the messages. When they were gone, when prophecy disappeared, the oral law came, Memches Kinyonim of Tershabal Per. And that version keeps us going to this day and re- it gets, up, gets us to Har Sinai. In the same way that Esther revealed the true Goyel, i.e. Mordechai in the smaller picture and Hashem in the bigger picture, Rus does the same through the Goyel, which of course is Boyaz. Boyaz who said to her, for us to Knofecha, you came, you came, Asher Bos Lachas Tachas you came to take refuge under God's wings, and she says back to him, you should spread your wings over me. He is her Goyel, and of course the ancestor of David, and essentially Moshiach, that Goyel. How? Because she played the game to the end. What is that game? That game is that she remained attached. The whole picture, the whole thing, she was so focused. Nothing outside of a game matters when the game is happening. All of that kept her so focused that she knows that she could achieve what we're meant to achieve by the end of the Memches Kinyonim. So yes, the Leviosum is the end game because the Leviosum from the word Levayo to accompany is total attachment, attachment to God, day 48.